Now back to the Ian O'Connor Show on 98.7 ESPN. Peter King of NBC Sports. Every football fan I know reads his Football Morning in America column on NBCSports.com. As I said to Peter in the past, if he's not the greatest football writer of all time, he is very much in the conversation, and that is a very good place to be. He's kind enough to spend a few minutes with us today. He's been in 12 NFL camps already this year. He's in Minnesota today, and we'll ask him about some of the best stuff he's seen so far this summer. But starting with uh, Zach Wilson and uh, against the Giants last night, Peter, at MetLife, and uh, a lot of the uh, first-round rookie quarterbacks actually played quite well in these first uh, performances in the preseason. What was your impression of Zach Wilson and what he was able to do or not do against the Giants? Um, you know, a couple of things, Ian, and thanks for the kind words. I, uh, you know, all I saw was, uh, you know, you go on .com uh, somewhere, wherever it is, and I saw every pass he threw, and I just watched that a couple of times, and I did that with three or four of the young quarterbacks. I thought what was really impressive about him, okay, that uh, he made a throw in this game on third down to Corey Davis on sort of an out route. It's an anticipation throw. It's the kind of throw that has made Tom Brady great, where he knows that even though the guy might not be looking yet, he's got to hit him at a specific spot. That tells me that chemistry class has been in session with Zach Wilson and that he and Corey Davis and the other receivers there are really kind of getting on the same page. Now, I also thought it was good. They had three third-down passes, completed them all. I mean, those are really good building blocks. I worry about one thing with Wilson, which I worry about with every quarterback. You know, it's preordained the day of the draft, in essence, that he's starting opening day. I just don't think that's a great thing for a young quarterback to assume that a guy is playing opening day no matter what happens. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes didn't play opening day. He played four quarters his entire rookie year. And, you know, Carson Palmer didn't play his first year. Now, a lot of guys have played early and played well. So there is no one way to do it. But if I were the Jets, I'd feel a lot better about having Nick Foles on this team than than not having a veteran backup who can help a kid who's had one excellent starting season in college football. Uh, and now he's only being asked to be Joe Namath the second. <laughs> Peter King on 98.7 ESPN. Are you concerned, Peter, about his size? Because that position obviously is one for big, strong, athletic people. And he's slightly built. He's just not a big person. Yeah. Is that a concern of yours if you're a Jets fan? Ian, I think, I think the biggest thing about that is how well is he going to be protected and what's he going to be asked to do? I mean, you know, you can say on the one hand that Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, uh, you know, were small guys too. I mean, Russell Wilson was drafted nine years ago. The Seahawks have played 160 games since then, and he's played in every one of them. He started every one. And he told me in camp there was never one that he felt like on Thursday or Friday there's a chance I wasn't going to play. So maybe you say, ah, that's luck. But the Jets have to make sure that what they do when they call games this year, you know, with Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator, when he calls games this year, he's got to make sure that a lot of what he does with Zach Wilson is to keep, keep him out of harm's way, roll him out. But, hey, I'm not telling Mike uh, 
Lafleur anything he doesn't already know, and and I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna play call the right way. But then again, you're gonna get hit if you're a quarterback in the NFL. Peter, before we go around the league, a quick question about the Giants, and of course, Judge Joe Judge had his starting offensive linemen, most of them out there last night. And that's the big question with that team, to give Daniel Jones a chance to have this make-or-break year go in his favor is that line. So I don't know if you've seen enough of them so far in Andrew Thomas and company, but how big of a concern is that offensive line if you are a Giants fan? I mean, it's the concern. I mean, I think the Giants have done a good job now on – you know, in terms of collecting weapons, you know, if you are going to start Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard, and if you're, uh, when you have a four wide formation, assuming Kadarius Tony, uh, is in order, uh, to have Darius Slayton and Kadarius Tony as your three and four. And and again, I have no idea what's going to happen with John Ross, who is totally intriguing, uh, after his time in Cincinnati. But, you can have all the great receivers in the world, but if Andrew Thomas is what he was at times last year, a turnstile, and uh, they have to like plug and play Nate Solder, you know, on either side. Um, I, I haven't been to Giants camp, uh, Ian, so I don't know enough about it, but I do think that is the biggest question uh, facing the Giants. I think they'll be good enough on defense. Uh, but they're going to need to be able to give Daniel Jones the time uh, so that he can play with these toys that uh, uh, Dave Gettleman has gotten them. Peter King of NBC Sports, it's 98.7 ESPN. And I mentioned earlier you visited a dozen camps so far this summer. Give me a story in one of those camps that really stood out to you, Peter. You know, it really jumped off. Uh, the field at me. There's a guy who's in Indianapolis Colts training camp who a lot of your listeners probably have not heard of. His name is Sam Ellinger. He's a sixth round pick, a quarterback Texas, yeah. out of Texas. Yeah. Uh, he played four, started 42 games at Texas in four years. And I believe that, you know, if Carson Wentz's injury was serious, I believe that the starting quarterback at the start of the year for the Colts would be Sam Ellinger. And everybody says, oh, my God, where, where did he come from? What happened? I mean, so he's got an incredible story, obviously. And, and on the first day of rookie camp uh, in May, when he was – he literally just walked in the building. He was there less than an hour. And he gets news that his brother has died. His best friend, the guy who's closest to him, has died down in Austin, Texas. And at that moment, Sam just, like, walks out onto the field of – the practice field in Indianapolis and it's just, he's basically questioning God. He's screaming at the sky and all these guys with the Colts, they don't even know Sam Ellinger yet. Frank Reich's never had a conversation with him. This is his introduction to Sam Ellinger. And this is the guy who right now is playing great in training camp somehow, some way. And I talked to him the other day, He's an amazing kid. I, I thought he was 22 going on 42. And who knows what's going to happen. But to me, uh, he's the most interesting person that I've seen and run into and, and watched practice this, this summer so far. Fascinating stuff. We'll watch that story unfold with the Colts. It, Green Bay, of course, the big story around the league leading into 
the preseason was Aaron Rodgers and that soap opera and how that was going to play out. And I, I know you've talked to Aaron Rodgers, and I'm wondering if I think most fans around the league feel this will be his last year in Green Bay. He will, like Tom Brady, leave and play for somebody else next year. If you had to place a $20 bet on Aaron Rodgers will be there again next year or he will be with somebody else, where would you put that $20? Uh, that's a gr- before I landed in Green Bay, uh, late Tuesday night and spent Wednesday there, I would have bet, I probably would have split my bet between Denver and Carolina, but I'm not so sure right now, Ian, I believe now I, I, whereas I was 85% sure that this was going to be his last year in Green Bay. I'd put it maybe 60-40 right now. But I think there's a legitimate chance that he could play 2022 in Green Bay as well. I do not think he has closed the door uh, on what will happen beyond this year. He'll just see what happens and see what kind of year they have and see how he gets along with everybody. But here's what was really interesting to me about Aaron Rodgers. The first line of my column tomorrow is going to be Essentially, you know, I can only think of one word after spending time with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay training camp, colon, then, because his entire ethos right now is don't worry, be happy, and be where your feet are. He had a message to his team the first day of training camp, which is this is a great time in our lives. Let's appreciate it. Let's make sure that we do everything humanly possible to think about nothing else in this year. What good does it do to think about next year for any of us? And it's a, it's something that really resonated, I think with the players on this team. So again, I don't mean to cop out Ian, but I think I I would bet that he'd be somewhere else in 2022, but I don't think it's at all impossible that he's back in Green Bay. And read Peter King's column uh, tomorrow, NBCSports.com, Football Morning in America. Every football fan around the world, really, not just around the country, reads that column on a very regular basis. Final thing, Peter, before I let you go, if you looked at all these young first-round quarterbacks, their performances, again, it's preseason, uh, but most of them did play well. Trey Lance probably had the biggest play, the 80-yard touchdown, but he was all over the place. He had four sacks. I think he was 5 of 14, so he gave you a little bit of everything, good and bad. Justin Fields looked really good for the most part. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a complete stud, so I'm not too worried about him getting sacked on his first pass. But when the smoke clears at the end of this 17-game regular season of these young quarterbacks, who do you think would have had the best year? I mean, assuming everybody stays relatively healthy. Mac Jones, of course, as well. Trey Lance. I don't think he's going to play the most necessarily, but – Everybody always wants to know and wants to predict, okay, which one of these guys is really going to make it? (laughs) The first thing I look at is not necessarily who is the best player at this moment. I look at who's on the best team. (laughs) You know, you look at if if Patrick Mahomes went to the Bengals, what would have happened to him? I don't know. (laughs) And, and And I look, I happen to think Joe Burrow is going to be really, really good. Uh, I think he's going to be Dan Fouts. But I also think that if you go to a better team, your chances of being really good in the NFL go up about 60 or 70%. That's why, even though I think there's, it's probably better than 50-50, that Trey Lance doesn't start opening day, 
I think he's going to have the best year of all these rookies. At some point, he'll play, and I think he's going to play really well in that offense. Peter, I'm sorry, one more thing. I, I, I didn't want to let you leave without a question on Deshaun Watson. And Jenny Vrentis, of, yeah. uh, the excellent reporter and writer for Sports Illustrated, had a piece that two of his accusers that she spoke with were unhappy with the line of questioning from NFL investigators in that case. But beyond that, is, is it, do you think he's going to play football this year? Or do you think it's likely that he will not be allowed to, to take the field for the Texans? I think it's just so, it, even though we're, we're into the middle of August, it's still almost too early to tell. Mm-hmm. As every day goes by, it looks more and more like he won't play. Now, I don't think he'll play for Houston. Um, but will some team take a risk and take him on if he has, make a, I'll make a wild guess, an eight-game suspension because of this? Keep in mind, Ian, we've got to get the, uh, you know, the, the, this case, these cases have to be adjudicated before anything happens with Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, just my gut feeling, if, if I had to bet today, I would bet he doesn't play football this year. But if these cases can be settled and adjudicated somehow, let's say by, you know, within a month, and then he takes an NFL suspension, which I think is very likely coming, uh, then who knows? There's a, the trading deadline is November 2nd or November 3rd, whatever that Tuesday is. And I would bet that Philadelphia, Carolina, uh, who, I mean, I, I think that there will be several teams that will still be interested depending on the severity of, of uh, what is found and, and what, the, uh, uh, what happens legally in the case. All right, Peter King in Minnesota today with the Vikings. His training camp tour every summer is a must-read and a must-watch video-wise on NBCSports.com. Read his Football Morning in America column tomorrow. Peter, it was very nice of you in a busy summer to take a few minutes to help us out, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Sounds great, Ian. Have a great weekend. Now back to the Ian O'Connor Show on 98.7 ESPN.